You want to go ahead and talk? Mm-hmm. Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of the podcast Word Bros. My name is Bob. Hello. And I am joined, as always, by my dear friend, my handsome friend, my lovely friend, Kevin Cuff. Um, I don't know about all that. that that's, a, that's a good intro, though. Own it, bro. Own okay. it. I, I, I'm going to go with it. That's you. <laughs> we, we are the Word Bros. Um, this week, we got a pretty exciting show. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about every show we do because I get to talk to you. Oh, you're just saying that, but I'm, I mean, I'm unimportant. I'm we can, we, we can talk on a Wednesday afternoon. Well, we do, we do, but it's not the same as when we talk here because the, there's, there's other pressing needs involved during the day and such. So pressing needs, pressing needs like children. Yes. <laughs> and jobs and stuff and jobs and, and all that. And that, that doesn't happen when we talk at night in your basement. Oh, Lord, yes. Well, you're in your room, and everybody's hanging out, and we're having a nice time, and this week, we're talking to Tony Gregori. I think that's how you say it. He is the, well, we'll find out. He is the artist on uh, a couple big books, a couple super books. He's doing a book called Deuce of Hearts, I believe. Yes, with Ricardo Mo. Yeah, Ricardo's a good dude, man. I've never I've never met him in person, but he always he's one of those guys that seems nice on Twitter. If that makes sense, like he's he's a good oh, a lot a good, of a lot of the show is judged by people we think are nice on Twitter. Though. Yeah, like he's really nice. We've tried to have him on, but we can't figure it out because he the, is, the time difference. Yeah, the, the he's time in difference. the UK. Yeah, which is and just by, by the time we are ready to go to bed, he's having a spot of tea. A spot of tea. He's having a spot of tea and watching and watching football. Uh, he might not be a football fan. That's not I'm, you know. I'm totally kidding. A spot of tea. He might be. He might be. What, what's that um, stuff? I tease. I, I was teasing Rich from the comic shop about it before. Marmite. That's what it's called. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this black tar jelly crap. It's, it's, oh, it's supposed to be. Nasty. I don't know what that is. Yeah, Rich. Rich knows what Marmite. I'm gonna make fun of him again about it because he's like, that shit's gross. That's exactly what he said. That shit's gross. And I laugh. <laughs> I was like, I thought all English people like that. He's like, that's because you're a fucking American. And I laughed. There you go. Because it's true. Because he's, he's not lying. Because the, the, you do get those kind of uh, foreign inferences that you can see in a movie or something. And you go, oh, I think all people there like that. Nah, son, that ain't it. It ain't like no, that. It doesn't work like that. Sporty. <laughs> I like how you say it like you're like some newsboy, like some, some kid trying to give you the it's, paper. It's my uh, Monty Python's English <laughs> accent. <laughs> I haven't heard this one. All, all I usually get is all I usually get is everybody sounds like Fredo. So no, that's 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 my silly British accent. And then if you ever listen to, if you're ever in the mood to listen to a really good playthrough podcast, which is like pe- listening to people play a game, 
Um, there's one called Douglas and Dragons where they play Pathfinder, and there's a dude on there named Doug Michelle who does a voice for a, ca- a character named Basil Bloodlord, and he talks like this, mate. Which is a very, it's just another very good British accent. <laughs> That's right, mate, governor. <laughs> so, uh, I, I like silly British accents, but whatever. But yeah, so Tony's a really talented cat. Uh, he's done some work with our friend Corey on Dr. Crow. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so, so we got a big show coming up. So without any further ado, let's speak to uh, Tony uh, Gregory. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can hear you. It's very faint. But, Kevin, you're not wearing headphones either, are you? No, I should put my headphones on. Put your headphones on. Maybe you'll hear them better. God, this is the biggest pain in the balls in the whole wide world. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, it's a long time coming because Kevin's sleepy ass. Yeah, Kevin slept through the first interview. You might have been better served by that. <laughs> well, oh. we would have had the same problem, so maybe Kevin No, but but if Kevin slept through the interview, that means it never happened. We wouldn't have to go through all this uncomfortableness of, hello, are you there? Hello? <laughs> hello? Hello? <laughs> but I, guess I can hear you now. Absolutely, it wouldn't be my life. So well, you know what, man? I mean, nothing. nothing's easy. And I think we're all comic creators. We're all in the biz. I think we know that. We know nothing comes easy. No. Yeah, definitely not in comics. Oh, I can hear much better now. It's because yeah. you have fucking headphones on. It's a miracle what headphones can do. It is. It is. Because <laughs> the, the sound is going. The sound is going directly into your ear holes. I didn't. I, this is technology. I, I live. I live in the woods. So. I hear you guys great. So. Good. Oh, sweet. I, and I don't think your woods compares at all to Tony's woods because are you actually at the vault compound in? In uh in in Montana where all you guys live? Well, I'm at home right now, but uh, yes, I mean the the vault office is right around the, the vault office. compound. That's a really cool name for that. They're it sounds all... like a like a structure, like a base, like they have like this GI Joe base. That's what I'm imagining, like with a big vault comic symbol on the outside. The vault pound. Yeah, because most of you guys are uh, based out of Montana. Isn't that correct? Some of us are. Yeah, um, as far as the publisher, yeah, they are, Tim is, and uh, now Tim is working with them full-time, and I am as well, but, uh, you know, I'm a freelancer, so, I mean, I don't technically, I'm not on their payroll, but we do publish my books, or some of them. That's pretty great, and what's your new book called that you're doing with Vault Comics? Uh, The book I'm working on now is called, well, I already finished drawing it, but it's coming out now. It's called Juice of Hearts. Okay, <coughs> and and that's with uh, that's with Ricardo Mo, correct? Yes. Nice. Yeah, na, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, from Colossi and Malar World, he was one of the Malar World contest winners. And I will say he's very friendly on Twitter. He's very good at Twitter, Ricardo. He just deleted his Twitter account. So. What? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I just uh, I think he was just getting getting a. Uh, I mean, Twitter gets you down, you know? I mean... Yeah. I think... It can, yeah. He just had a, a newborn, so I think, 
he's probably just, you know, taking a little time to detach and spend time with the family and uh, concentrate on those things. And, you know, whatever, he can always come back to you can, you can, but I love Twitter. I don't know what I would do without Twitter. Maybe that's why I need to delete it off my phone. <laughs> well, yeah, I told him when he told me that he left, I was like, man, I'm jealous because I wish I could sometimes. But I need it for work. <laughs> it's nice to connect with everybody. I love Twitter. I love it too, um, but I, I also hate it. You know, it's like. Yeah, I, I get it because if you're reading some stuff in the feed, it can get kind of like uh, very depressing very quickly if you're. If you read, the weird thing is, I only read people from comics feed, so I'm always happy. Yeah, yeah, that's. The I'm like, oh, that book's coming out. That looks dope. I want to see that. So, I, mean, I don't read any of the news. Even so. then, though, like some of the comics news, you can read it, and you're like, oh man, that person did what or said what. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that does happen, but most of the time, it's good news in comics, so I get happy. So. Well, yeah, most of the time. Like, I would especially, say it's a good 95% of the Especially time. when your friends and people that you know and respect are doing cool work, like my man Tony. Do you see how we brought that back around? See that? That was pretty good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That, Now, you're now your, your Google Hangout says, Anthony, do you prefer Anthony, or do you, is it, are, are we on that level where I can call you Tony? Tony, yeah, you're totally, we're on that level. All right. Wow, oh, that was wow. fast. That, that was fast. That level? Like, if you meet me, I'm Tony, so really, I mean, now, does does anybody call you Anthony? Does your mom call you Anthony? Uh, she she used to call me Anthony when she would get mad at me. <laughs> Nobody calls me Anthony anymore. <laughs> so, Nobody calls me Anthony. Unless you're a lawyer. Does anybody call you Robert? <laughs> no. Do I look like a Robert? No, I was talking to Bob. I was making oh. sure, like, you know, does, um, does your mom ever call you Robert? No, no one calls me Robert. I was like, why the hell? Is See. You? Called me Robert. No, nobody. Yeah, I was confused. <laughs> I was I was confused there too, Kevin. You you kind of threw everybody for a loop there. I well, like, the, well, I was saying the audio is cutting in and out on me, so I'm catching. No, 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 no. Don't don't blame the audio on your bad segue. That's got nothing to do with audio. <laughs> My segues are always bad. I'm not a pro. <laughs> so te- so tell us all about Tony. this book. Tell us all about yes. this book, uh, Deuce of Hearts, that's coming out that you guys are that you guys are crushing over there. Uh, the first issue came out um, in November. Uh, issue two comes out at the end of this month in January. Um, it's about a Lothario named Sully, Sullivan Husk. And he has an app on his phone called the Heartbreaker app. And the app allows him to trade in the love of the people that he seduces for uh, RPG-style power-ups. Hmm. Oh. So um, the first issue starts off uh, he's been doing this for about eight years, so we're about eight years into this this his adventure or his experience with the app. And um, at the end of the first issue, uh, the daughter he didn't know he had shows up on his doorstep. Um, so the daughter is the child of him and the love of his life. Uh, this woman who he was with when he started on this journey with the app. Um, he traded in her love her uh, love for uh, good health because he was terminally ill and he couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. So this, uh, he made a Faustian deal with a, a nurse at the hospital to trade in the love of his life's love for uh, resistance to illness. But the minute he trades in her love, she loses the ability to feel love ever again. He doesn't oh, know wow. the deal though. Oh. He doesn't know this. 
and we're eight years into this journey and he's left a wake of like emotional destruction in his, in his past of people he seduced and had fallen in love with them who he's traded in their love for charisma or luck or stamina or strength something along those lines and they are left uh, emotionless husks Sullivan Husk is his name so um, when the daughter shows up on his doorstep he has the you know well, I won't give away what happens in the second issue, but okay. basically the second issue dives into his backstory and what's going to happen from this point forward with him and his daughter and the decisions he has to make. It takes place in this fantasy world, um, kind of like uh, Hellboy 2 Troll Market, where there's like this underground fantasy element to the world that, you know, not everyone's familiar with. And there's like go-betweens. So his go-between is this uh, barkeep uh, at this bar. That's like his middleman his connection to the fantasy world. So, um, and we introduced that character in the first issue. Um, and it just builds up. Um, it kind of turns into a, a romp after the first issue. Like we said, right. we set up who he is in the world kind of. And then uh, as the story goes, it's a five issue series. You kind of, we reveal more of the world and uh, it becomes more about the story between the father and his daughter. Interesting. All right. And whether he trades in the uh, unconditional love of a child for immortality, like the ultimate power-up, because that option oh, okay. is at the end of the second issue. So, what will Sully do? Will he continue being a selfish asshole, or will he do the right thing? And also, we have fun while we do that, while we tell that story. So, yeah, I'm that proud sounds... of it. We're all proud of it. Claudia that sounds... is the colorist from Kim and Kim. She did an amazing job on the colors, and Ryan Ferrier is the letter. Um, he did a fantastic job as well. And, uh, yeah. So. That's what that's what they call uh, 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 that that that's interesting. I'm really into that idea. That's very cool. Yeah, it's different. It's like I'm just sitting here. I'm honestly just sitting here thinking about that. Going, huh? That's a really interesting concept. That's a high concept it pitch is. right there. Yeah. I was wondering. That's I awesome. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely um. It's got layers, and then a lot of people who read the first issue, I read some reviews, a lot of people loved it, and then some other folks were uh, commented because Sully is you know, clearly a scumbag, and yeah. why do I care about this guy? It's like, well, why do you care about this guy? You have to read it to find out. I mean, it's more like, it's more an essay on our current culture as much as it is a intimate uh, father-son, father-daughter uh, story or a story about a guy who's a selfish asshole. It's about like, mm-hmm. how we treat each other like commodities and we buy and sell each other, essentially. It's like either literally or metaphorically. Um, and also, That's like, interesting. Is, is, I mean, he, at, in one of the issues, and I think it's the third or fourth issue, he goes to the corporate headquarters of the Heartbreaker app company that uh, owns the Heartbreaker app. They also have, like, different internet apps like Google and, uh, you know, different takes on internet services. And they, they own all these internet companies. And they, he goes to the corporate headquarters to kind of. Hmm, I don't want to give away too much. Don't yeah, don't say too much. You you got to get him to buy the issue. And you know what? If people don't like the issue, then fuck them. That's what I say. <laughs> fuck them in fuck them in the ear. If they don't like it, this is this is high concept stuff, man. It's pretty interesting. Like I'm just sitting here at, while you're telling me this, and I don't want to say I'm kind of blown away by it, but it's got that kind of Twilight Zone, Black Mirror vibe to yeah. it. That that kind of like us versus technology like what's important like what we were just talking about like the twitter app like what's really important like 
you know, the collection of friends and likes on Twitter or like real human relationships with people. Yeah. Real human. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's cool. And it, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, Ricardo's brilliant. So, uh, like, I don't know if you read Colossi or any of his other, uh, I did other works. He layers things in there. It's real subtle. And his scripts are super tight. Like the tightest scripts I've ever read where it's like, wow. I read it and I, I, I can visualize it immediately. Like, what he's doing, what he's going for. Um, I understand his language, and I understand what he's trying to get across. And uh, it's simple, but it's deep. And it, it, I can, you can tell that he's uh, he's like a surgeon with a lot of it. You know, as a guy who actually like painstakingly goes over his scripts, and I'm sure he just drafts them and drafts them and drafts them until he gets it to where it's like a, a fine point, and he eliminates all the fat. And as an artist, you you love that. You know, like. Show me what's important, maybe some of the secondary, and then let me have fun because you know, like that's where I feel uh, invested is when I'm collaborating, you know. Mm -hmm. So to like a writer who's just like, oh, and this page give me from this camera angle and yada 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 and blah blah blah. It's like, look, what's important because you know that's what I'm gonna focus on showing, you know, in this panel or in this sequence. But don't load me up with all this crap that doesn't matter. <laughs> like well, where you know where's the, where's my creativity and also like what if i'm drawing it and organically something feels like i could sneak this in there or i could you know move the camera on this way to make it more interesting um i, don't know. I guess i'm rambling but no dude it's fine i mean no, no. like uh, i find this interest like the, some of these when you talk to writers they have a very kind of like, yeah, 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 yada, yada. And I, and I write and Kevin writes, so I kind of get how comics are made from a writer's perspective. It's always interesting to kind of hear artists talk about making comics and working on a script and what they want to do. And most of them, most of the good ones, and I'll, you're, you're in that category. You're one of the better artists that I've seen, one of the whose work I enjoy. It's they all kind of have the same vibe. It's like, just tell me what's important and let me play. Let me let's work on this together. No one wants to be browbeaten over the head with a script. Yeah. They want to feel like it's a collaborative effort from the letterist to the colorist to the artist, everybody. Yeah. And if and, and if you're trying to write as a writer, as a young writer, if you're a dictator, then you're going to have a hard time getting people to work with you on books. Yeah, especially good people. Um but you know, it's also <laughs> that, like, that's that's true. Pride. Good people. I take pride in like uh, working with the writer and getting out of their head what they want. You know, like I want to see their vision on the page. You know, so it's not like from my perspective, I can only speak for myself. But I'm like, hey, I want to mm -hmm. make this he or she happy or they happy with whatever we're doing and feel like I'm telling their story and doing it justice. At the same time, I'm able to express myself and have fun. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but it's so like, it's so, it's it sounds like you guys do a good job of working in concert together for the betterment of the page. Like you're able to put egos aside and kind of and just kind of work what's best in the page. I feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I'll leave it to you. Read the book and judge for yourself. Um, so you know, Ooh, that was I, nice. I, that was a nice. That was... What did you say, Bob? Are we Kevin? I said that was nice. Leave it, leave. I'll leave it to you. You, you, you check out my book and and check out the art. Did I do a good job? Didn't I do a good job? You have to buy the book. That's that's good. <laughs> my, or am I worth a shit? 
buy the book to find out. Oh no no, I, I, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say this now to the people listening to this pod. Tony out, and I have have. <laughs> we, let's, I don't know if it's coming out yet. We got to find out. I got a piece. This thing's gonna be like fucking Frankenstein. Well, <laughs> so to all five of you that listen, to, <laughs> uh, really, I've been whatever. a fan of Tony's art for like two years now. So I bought a Wonder Woman piece from him like two years ago. So, um, yeah. and I I remember I said I, I really love the piece, and he goes, "It's messed up." I had to white out on it, so I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to charge you too much for it. And he's laughing now, but I said, I, I, I love that. I love that Wonder Woman. It's a, it's a different take on Wonder Woman than I've ever seen, but I love it. And he's like, oh, I'll let it go for this much. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. So I, I did it. And ever since then, I've been watching everything he does. And I'm like, whenever he has a book come out, I'm like, I'm going to buy that. The Carbon Police came out. I'm like, I'm going to buy that. So I have because that Wonder Woman was so great, you guys, that uh, I paid attention to everything after that. <laughs> I was paying attention before that, and it's not like I didn't see CL, see stuff I liked, but I, that stuff I couldn't afford. So you have to you have to always shoot within your bounds. Like so, I was like, oh well, he said he'd let it go for for not that much. <laughs> Don't tell anybody how much. And and <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going. I won't because that's unfair to you. <laughs> you could have. I was willing to drop more on it. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. When you said that, I was like, "Oh, I'm pleasantly surprised." I was expecting it to be a lot more. That's an awesome piece. So, yeah, money. Um, I always get pleasantly. What's that? Your worth is tough, you know. Like, you don't want to. I'm always like, money is so gross to me. So it's like, I need money to live and pay my bills, but I also understand how gross it is, and then capitalism is a son of a bitch. So, <laughs> you know, you try to time, so it's like, I don't know. It can be gross. I, I don't necessarily think money is gross. I think the way we use it is gross, yeah. if, if that makes more sense. And I yeah, actually, so, I mean, I, I... And I think the actual paper is gross after a while. It gets really germy and kind of icky. And, and coins, like, after you touch coins, you're like, ew, that's gross. My kids play with coins every now and then, and immediately I'm like, go wash your hands. Go yeah. wash your hands. Yeah, like, no, smack your hand away. It's yeah, like, get... Oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many germs are on that thing, kid? So yeah, so so you've got this thing in the in the books. You're done with this one. It's coming out slowly. Um, what's next, dude? What are you working on? What else are you working on? What else you got that you can talk about? Yeah, that you can speak about. Um, I'm going to be launching a web comic soon called Pork Chop Robot Killer. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, going to be on Patreon. Um, I'm going to do – this is something I maybe I, we can have an open discussion about this here. Uh, I was going to do a page a week. Okay. I charge okay. $3 a month. You think that's, that's not bad. That's okay. totally fair. Yeah. I'm going to have certain goals. Like say if I reach X amount of dollars a month, I could raise the page amount. So I could, you know, for every so-and-so amount of dollars, I could do an extra page a month. Yeah, that's cool. No, no, that's totally fair, especially if it's Page, like $3. Pa- Patreon's Plus. a really great model, I think, for uh, for comic creators and for podcasters <laughs> and stuff like that because you can, you know, get like a little chunk of change that, you know, you can use for con tables and fucking travel expenses and then a meal while you're at a show, you know, if, if, if you do it right. Just bills. I mean, because comics is, you know, I do comics full time, so some months I'm like, you know, going out to eat 
uh, once a week, and some months I'm like, all right, this is going to be uh, lentils and rice and. <laughs> <laughs> Not drinking any Guinness this month. <laughs> That's awesome. Stuff like, now, stuff like, like every month, if you can, set, you know, set yourself up to where you can count on X amount of dollars you're taking in a month on top of your, you know, your work while you're waiting to get paid. Also, because you know, comic companies, it's not like you get a check every two weeks. Like you're waiting for money lots of times. <laughs> Quarterly, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. All they're all different. Like uh, I know, you know. Some of them are 30 days out, some are 60, some are, some I know people who work for big companies who are still, haven't gotten paid or on Facebook, like basically telling everyone, hey, they're not putting anybody on blast yet, but they're like, hey, I did work for a big company and I've been waiting to get paid for like four months or something. Damn. Yeah, something ridiculous. Like, yeah. And it's like a company you wouldn't even think. And, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's up to these individuals to talk about their business publicly, but you see that all the time. And it's right. Like, and also like frustrating and then it's like well fuck man why don't I just do my own thing or at least you know and I'm and uh, I'm writing this with Ryan Ferrier uh, oh that's cool Ryan's a good dude oh that's yeah, awesome. great dude. yeah he's uh, co-writing it with me um, and I'll be lettering it as well so uh, and he was stoked about it I told him the idea it's about a anthropomorphic pig in a dystopic Mad Max future where uh, <laughs> robots have taken over and he basically uh Rome. Well, it's another essay against technology. I'm a Luddite. He goes uh, all over this wasteland playing <laughs> robots. That's his thing. He's like a masterless Ronin. He's like a Ronin, like a masterless samurai. Basically going around the wasteland, just destroying any robot uh, conclaves or robot uh, cities that pop up. But then, you know, there's a deeper story there that we're, we're, Ryan and I are fleshing out and figuring out. Almost like writing it as we go. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Tony, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But from the money comment and from the technology thing, I think there's a reason you live in Montana, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a natural reason why you're there. <laughs> well, I'm not a Kaczynski. I mean, but, uh, yeah. oh, I'm not accusing you of that. The the beard is too well groomed. <laughs> <laughs> for that but, yeah but you but you definitely have that like i'm gonna cut off my social security number kind of vibe going on and i'm digging that man i'm digging it i like it well i could show you my fingerprints if i had any <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised you have a webcam on your computer and it's not covered up by tinfoil yeah it's running on linux because you know yeah. And you know what? That's why I think what's it called wasn't working because of Linux. We've had problems in the past with Linux before. So yeah, well, they know that Trump's watching. They're like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there, man. I know they're out there. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm, I'm digging that. You got, And you do. I mean, like, I think you should run with that. Like, be the crazy woodsman who lives in the, the crazy. What he's reminding me of is like the hacker. Like, that's the anti-hacker. That's like computers brought me to where I am. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I'm totally into it. I'm not really, like, you know, I go hiking and stuff up, like, mountains here and stuff, but I'm not, like, an outdoorsy type of person. Like, I live uh, in a studio apartment in downtown Missoula, you know, surrounded by restaurants and bars and hipster coffee houses and shit like that. So, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Mountains, so to speak, but we're surrounded by mountains. 
so I can easily go get lost in them if I want to or need to. <laughs> and eaten eaten by a bear, like that'd be. I mean, it wouldn't be a bear. He'd be it'd be a Sasquatch. No, but... <laughs> I've always <laughs> I've I've always wanted to go to Montana because I've heard it's lovely. It's beautiful. Missoula is extra beautiful. Uh, Missoula is the best place in Montana. So, <laughs> when you come to Montana, you want to go to Missoula. Don't go to Bozeman. Don't go to Billings. Don't go to any of those places. Butte. Do not go. Okay. No, so you're you're a comic book art uh, artist, and you're also on the uh, Chamber of Commerce for the, <laughs> for Missoula. Say, the That's amazing. He's doing art for Missoula's uh, tourism board right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> come to Missoula. Get lost. Yep. They have sell the sell the finest uh, tin foil hats that you can make in America, friend. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I also got this snake oil. It's really good if you put it on your wounds. <laughs> and it, 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 awesome. it develops fingerprints very quickly. See, last our last episode, we had Emily Pearson on, who was doing a book with um, uh, uh, with Black Mass Studios called The Wilds, and she was telling us her idea. It was called what was it called? Like a uh, uh, bad dad in Baghdad, like just some. And that was her ridic- friend's idea. Yeah, it was her friend's that, idea that they were talking off, about. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I love like Kevin and I have a really silly idea too, and I love it when ideas just get just dumb and like you just it's like you want to push the boundaries of how ridiculous you can go with it before somebody just looks at you and goes come on man like yeah. what are you smoking you know what i mean what? are we talking about forked up robot killer yes it sounds amazing yeah. yes it was a weird idea because uh, no one had, like you know we're talking about artists and writers and no one really i mean sometimes people ask me but for the most part no one asked me hey what do you want to what do you feel like drawing you know there's like hey i have this idea for a pitch and whether it's a great idea or not but it's not my idea or something I feel like drawing. And uh, I was just drawing these like junk robots one day. Like they're just robots, piecemeal robots made out of our everyday tech. So like a laptop or a cell phone or a, a microwave oven, or like I have one robot that has a washer and dryer for a head. <laughs> it has like giant, like amps, um, amps for like its body, right? That's awesome. And then like arms with like crowbar arms and, you know, flamethrowers and chainsaw hands and crazy shit and uh i don't know it was fun it was just like it was fun to draw it and then a friend of mine was like man this is my favorite stuff of yours that you've ever done i love it so i was like hmm, what could i do with this that would be like fun to draw because i enjoy drawing it and then i just uh my grandpa used to be called pork chop that was his nickname <laughs> he was like short stocky italian guy who was like immigrant he came here in 1939 to get away from mussolini uh he became a uh a a foreman for a crew of boilermakers. They used to fly them all over the world working in uh, uh, steam rooms and, and factories and whatnot, like Brazil and Germany and after the war, you know, he'd just fly all over running crews. And uh, he was this little industrial guy, industrious guy named Porkchop who was just tough as nails and also great salt of the earth guy. It was like non-prejudiced, like open-minded, uh, you know, union liberal guy, you know, real, real good dude. And, uh, I always wanted to use like a, a character called Porkchop in a comic in honor of him. So I was like, well, how, what the hell? I'm never going to have, you know, what could I be, what could I do that would mean <laughs> that? And it's just an amazing title too. Like it, you, you like, you drew me up because now I'm curious, like, why is this dude called Porkchop? Like that's. I'm in, I'm in, I'm, yeah. I'm sold. So, I mean, well, you talk to the right guys when you have crazy ideas. Like we, yeah, we do stupid things in our comics because we have, Elvis fight a giant monster banana. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the image of the 
the Walter drew of the oh the metal the, shark the yes yeah I was just like what the hell <laughs> I'm really excited I'm I'm really excited about Metal Shark bro uh it's something that we've been working on for a while it's about this dude who got eaten by a shark but the dude was uh he had sold his soul to the devil to make uh to make it famous in rock and roll and so when the shark ate him he became a minion of satan but he doesn't want to be a minion of satan he just wants to be a shark so now he has to go out and slaughter all these people for the devil and if he kills enough of them then he can return to his shark form so it's like spawn meets jaws meets uh yeah it's kind of like i the way i the way we pitched it to one uh uh artist was like if if Mr. Show with Bob and Dave created fucking Ghost Rider, like that's kind of what it is. It's like he's the spirit of vengeance, and it's 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 very silly and fun. Um, the the it's not actually Satan who turns him into a shark, dude. It's Satan's nephew Beelzebra. Beelzebra. Like, like if like, <laughs> he's like pic, picture like a like a devil Guy Fieri, like with like the shitty like blonde tips, and who's like a total. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Frosted tips. Yeah, frosted yeah. tips and like fucking like flaming bowling shirts and shit like that. Like he's a total tool. He's he's Satan's nephew. He needed a job, and so this is the job the devil gave him. And, and he's a total and, and he's a total dickhead. He's like if David Spade was was the devil's nephew. And, yeah, it's perfect. So the devil's nephew. Yeah, I mean, it It's it's just dumb enough to work. Like it's it just stupid enough to work. Yeah, and, and he rides a flaming motorcycle. I could see a, a pork chop, uh, metal bro team up at some point. <laughs> I'm down, bro. I mean, wait, you, wait, you, it you, could happen. Let's right. make let's make that let's make that shit happen. Yeah, let's, <laughs> do, let's do a split comic and then have them meet. That would be the oh, best. Yeah. There's like a yeah. like Superboy punches something and. <laughs> Yeah, he goes through the ether into fucking Metal Shark Bros world, and it's just stupid, but whatever, man, like, it's, Kevin and I, I was driving home from a con, I live in Cincinnati, I was at a show uh, that Kevin and I both did in Virginia Beach, Virginia, it's a 12-hour drive, I had to wake up super early to, and Kevin and I are on the phone at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm driving through West Virginia, and we're just fucking laughing our asses off talking about Metal Shark Bro, and I was like, we gotta make this happen, dude, so... It started off as a dumb conversation. The yeah. first thing he taught, the, the way it oh. the way it happened was I was listening to classic rock radio in the middle of West Virginia, and they were telling us this story about how scientists have discovered that sharks like heavy metal music because they put speakers down into the water and the sharks reacted positively to it. And I just called Kevin. I was like, "Fucking metal shark, bro." <laughs> That's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. What like what determines a positive reaction from a shark, first of all. Like, I'm not sure. It, Listen, they have dead eyes. <laughs> the, D, the DJ on the classic rock station wasn't a fucking shark expert. He's just telling me about ACDC, bro. Like, I don't need <laughs> <it> now. <laughs> I don't believe that. I want to believe that. It reinforces my entire life. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did for us, too. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool because you, Tony, I, and a shark have the same taste in music, so that's kind of rad. So if you ever meet a shark at a party, you'll be like, so I heard you guys are into ACDC. I'll be like, yeah, ACDC fucking rules, you know? So I, Wait, so, I, I mean, ACDC, so. what's up? I never said I was into ACDC. I'm just assuming. I, you look like an ACDC guy to me. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, kidding. <laughs> I thought everybody liked ACDC. I don't know. I mean, it's all the same song over and over again. You can't hate them. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's um, what I was about to say. It's like if you like uh, Thunderstruck or you like Hell's Bells, then you like AC. You pretty, song you yeah. pretty much like the whole catalog. It's all yeah. pretty. But much. you have to, but you have to give them credit because they've never done a love song. Like they've never done like a ballad or anything. It's just like here we well, are. They did. You shook me all night and all. That, that's, that, that's as close as they ever got to a yeah, love no, song. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was talking about being on a fucking seduction line. I mean, come <laughs> on, dude. Like, like, yes, the, the closest they ever got to like a romantic song was they were talking about a fucking warehouse uh, of sex, like a production factory of sex. And that's it. That's as close as they ever got. You mean Big Balls isn't a romantic song? I, I don't think so. <laughs> So, I, I, I always thought that was now when is this patreon thing gonna jump off because i'm in dude like i'm so excited about this when now when is this gonna happen um well i just got the my buddy mike spicer uh colored the cover for me damn son mike? you got farrier and spice you got all the heavyweights <laughs> that's because tony great tony i great can tell guy. wow i was like hey buddy remember this favorite no it's like <laughs> <laughs> no Mike, Mike's like one of my best friends. Uh, we're like brothers. Uh, we started out doing comics together. We broke in together. So, you know, he, he'll, you know, he's one of those dudes in my life. And I, I with him, you know, if you need anything outside of comics, even just life, you know. But, uh, and Ryan and I worked together on some things. He's lettered a lot of the books and pitches that I worked on. So uh, I was like, I was thinking about this idea of Pork Chop and I didn't know where it could go really. I mean, I had ideas about what I wanted in the story. Like, for example, when Ryan and I were talking about it, he's like, you know, all right, what in your mind, like, what do you already have written or what do you have, already have as far as ideas? I'm like, well, you know, I explained the premise and the pig and the robots. And I said, also, uh, I want to have a whale shark in it. And um, <laughs> I don't want it to be, like, oddly beautiful. Like, I want it to be, like, something where people think it's silly and ridiculous. But once they start reading it, there's, like, a, something beautiful about it on some level. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, like the notebook or like, you know, the fountain. Or something. <laughs> like, you know, something that's like something about it. There's got to be some some charm or something to it. So uh, that's, you know, why I asked him to help me because I didn't know how to really. I'm not a writer, so people, you know, people do bang on comic writers a lot, uh, unjustly, <laughs> I think. Like, you know, yeah, anyone can call themselves a comic writer. It's not, you know. You can just do one web comic and put it up and, people, and, like, and tell everyone you're a comic writer. Kevin and I do. Well, yeah, but you know, you guys are also do other things. You develop stories too, and you you love the the craft and you love the the industry itself. You know, mm-hmm. so like that's true. You actually work as a writer. You're like, hey, you know, I, I revise my scripts and I research writing and I, you know, I want to learn how to be a better writer. And you know, that's where I think writers don't get the credit they deserve because the comic writers, it's hard to get your work seen, really. I mean, yeah. trying to break in. How, as an artist, I could just show people my work, and it either resonates or it doesn't. But a writer, you have to get somebody to sit down and read a script, and they have to be in the right headspace to be able to see it. Because I mean, you could write the most beautiful, brilliant script, but if somebody's in a shitty mood and they're not, you know, really feeling like, a, you know, using that part of their brain that day, you know, yeah, and you hand them a script, yeah. they're like, ah, oh, I can't. You know, what's the point of this? You know. Or why? Why am I reading this? Or why does the story need to be told? Like, yeah. Wait. It's easy to find. I was. I always think it boils down to even something as arbitrary as like they hate your email address. Like that's a stupid email address. Like why do you have that? That's a dummy. I'm not reading this. Blah. You know they're just instantly turned off. Yeah. Oh, you live where in Montana? <laughs> Fuck Montana. 
everybody, bro. Montana's hot. The sun. That's that's the that's the spot. And you guys and and, and Vault's doing some great books now. I mean, yeah. you guys got so much going on up there. That's got to be exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's I'm blessed. I'm lucky. Just to you know. But- and everybody that we've met that that does a comic at Vault is super excited and super nice, and they're just like really into comics. So it, it always reinforces whatever the company's putting out when you have great representatives of the product. And um, I believe that that's what they're doing because you know when when you said you were doing one, and then we've had David Boer on the show, and he he does a great book. Um, so we've had a lot of. Uh, positive reactions from people that listen to what we're doing, trying to help other people in comics, get their stuff out there and, and also basically educate the general populace as to like what we do as comic book writers, because I don't think people don't understand it. I don't think uh, from the onset, because I can't, I can't say how many times we've been at a con and someone says, Oh, so you drew this. No, I can't draw. I can I can draw Nicolas Cage as any superhero. That's that's about yeah. the the extent of my drawing. Yeah, and it sucks too. So. Well, I mean Nicolas Cage, it's just it's in the eyes. Nick Cage, Nick Cage is great at Moonstruck. <laughs> no, he's great. I love Nick Cage. Nick... No, I'm totally being silly. Heart is like one of my top ten movies of all time. So. Which one? What was it? Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart is great. Okay. He's basically doing an Elvis impersonation the whole movie. He he's yeah. he is. With Except for Elvis, lo- it's 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 if Elvis loved Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. I love that movie. It's a Lynch I mean, movie. That one and Raising Arizona is great. And I yeah. I even remember as a kid it used to be on HBO all the time. As Peggy Sue got married. Do you remember yeah. Peggy Sue got married? Yeah. Yeah. That and he and for some reason in Nicolas Cage's early films he always spoke in like a weird accent because he was uncomfortable with the sound of his own voice. I read. What was the, what was the one movie he did with David Caruso where he was all jacked and he bench pressed a guy or he like he like military was pressed that, a guy over his head. Was that called Jade? Was that Jade? Maybe I don't know. He did it with David Caruso. David Caruso quit. Uh, was it NYPD Blue or whatever? Yeah. To be, a, to be a movie star and he made this movie with Nick Cage and it bombed and that was like <laughs> that was like kind of started his descent into into CSI into CSI descent yeah. into CSI <laughs> is it Kiss of Death Kiss of Death that's what it's called Kiss I, of Death oh my god oh that's the one where Nick Cage yeah. was a vampire and he ate a roach yes no he wasn't a vampire he, he was well oh, no that's Kiss of the Vampire that's yeah, the other movie no. Kiss okay. of Death he's like a mob boss like gangster guy and he's yeah like he is big like he looks like diesel uh wow wrestler like in a way because he had a mullet i think it was kind of like mullet nick cage is the best nick cage yeah he had a full head of hair like real hair you know it wasn't like he has mountain it's like travolta hair where it's like weirdly you know yeah, no, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird look he's got going on there. But he's he's sticking with it, bro. He's rocking it. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for you writers sometimes. I mean, lots of times I do, because it's like a good writer. It's like those those are your your ideas, you know, on the page. I'm drawing it, or the right artist is drawing it, but you know, the writer is creating it too. Like I enjoy working with great writers because I like you know, collaborating. And, um, Especially like a, a writer who writes really good action or scenes with 
middle of the nerd dialogue. I mean, that to me is like super brilliant because I mean, lots of times I find writers will uh, feel, what's the word, insecure or something, and they feel like they need to write more dialogue or need to have more dialogue in, in the scene or in the, in the story itself to like kind of push the idea because they're not confident in their idea or their, their skills is writing like slower, quiet scenes. But like I find it when the writer gets to the point to where they're, they understand the action that they're writing and the visual that they're describing in their writing is enough to carry the scene and they just drop in the little spots of dialogue and important points. Um, that's when it, you see the craft really starting to like come out. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think they really do. They do get, you know, people say writers get too much credit and then some people say writers don't get enough. You know, it's, <laughs> know. Well, same, it's the same with artists. Cause I feel like, like, Oh, go ahead, Kev. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. All right. No, no, the internet connection is just all over the place. I didn't hear you start. So go ahead, start. I said, uh, the, uh, the thing with the thing with artists is I feel like they, they don't get enough credit because they do all the heavy lifting. So when, when we talk about the, the artists that we've worked with that we have a good time working with, it's it's usually because we'll have an idea and it'll be okay, but you get the right artist on it and they just kill that. Like they turn it into something 100% better than whatever we wrote on the page. And that's when you know you you have a, like a real deal collaboration going on. Like when you, you know that you've found somebody who gets what you're trying to do and then they bring it to the next level. I mean, I think it was Sean Murphy was on Twitter uh, one day, and someone asked a question of him, like, "Would you rather work with a like phenomenal writer who has uh, like mediocre or poor business and like promotional sense, or would you rather work with a good, just you know, a good a good writer, but who's also like brilliant when it comes to promotion and uh, business and just you know." getting your stuff read or seen, you know? And he said he, he always would choose the good writer who's great at getting the word out and talking about the book and has a good personality and who people want to talk to about the project itself. He's a good businessman, so to speak. Because yeah. He can elevate anything he works on. And I guess, you know, he's Sean Murphy. <laughs> but me, <laughs> like, I like working with great writers, like amazing writers, because I'm like, wow, it makes me want to up my game. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I'd like to find the amazing writer who's like a really good businessman, and then just like marry that person and never let them leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom used to say to me that there's there's somebody out there for everybody. So, <laughs> Tony, I'm rooting for you, buddy. Hopefully, you'll find that person, and it'll just be you guys will just march off into the uh, wonderful Montana sunset, never never to be seen again, making comics, bro. Maybe that's why I'm like co-writing my own thing because I'm just gonna marry myself. Yeah, dude, you're just, you're just a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tony, man, we really appreciate appreciate you coming on. Sorry for all the technical difficulties, but I'm just gonna blame Montana. <laughs> we just got internet last week, so it's... <laughs> it comes on the back of a moose. Oh, that's oh, awesome! Wow. wow, that's that's a uh, wireless. That's pretty good. <laughs> and they give cells to us in the these elixirs. Like <laughs> I would buy that as a commission. <laughs> some snake oil salesman. Hey, son, you want some internet? It's in this glass jar. <laughs> it's moose piss in a jar, son. Cost you eight. Internet cost moose. You... <laughs> <laughs> internet moose. 
I love it. With, with the Coke snake on his back. Oh it's amazing. I love it. I love it. That, that is, yeah, I don't think I've ever drawn anything weirder than a Coke snake. There you go, that, my man. <laughs> Put the internet moose in pork chop. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yes. No, it, that actually could happen. I could definitely, because there's going to be some other animals in the story, and there might be a human or two, but there might be a moose with a, an internet connection. <laughs> that, that would be the best thing ever. And, and, and you, you thought it up here. So, and, yeah. And listening to Word Bros, who subscribed to Tony's Patreon, he thought that up here. Guys. Yeah. Really Great things happen on this show. Well, let us know when uh, when all this stuff happens, and good luck with everything. And you're a very thoughtful and and, and fun dude. And this was definitely worth all the headache of the uh, of the internet connections and all that stuff to have you on. Really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, right. man. Right, that was Tony uh, Gregori, who is just a wonderful dude. Be on the lookout for Deuce of Hearts, and I'm serious. I cannot wait for that the pork chop pork Patreon chop. thing. I'm in, dude. And uh, Patreon's a really great forum, and I really like it for web comics. So I'm definitely going to try to get in on that one. That sounds awesome. It does sound great. Uh, I thought that that was a like a really funny organic idea. And then a lot of times that's just where things come from. You know, you just get this crazy idea and just put things together, and you make a comic out of it. It doesn't have to be. Uh, Deep and introspective, necessarily. Yeah, not everything's got to be Watchmen, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. And like, you know, it'll be good because Tony's killer and fucking Farrier's awesome. So that's really cool, man. I'm into that. So to subscribe to that Patreon, man, get that get that three dollars in. Yeah, buddy. Hopefully, I'll hopefully that that ride. He said he said off air. He said that uh, he's got five pages of it done, so it's kind of coming together at its own pace. So we'll keep you guys updated on that if you're interested. If you're as interested in that much as we are, then we'll keep you guys updated. So, because, I mean, just because guys, anything with a title pork chop robot killer has got to yeah. be fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's made for me. So, <laughs> well, Kevin, good job, man. It's it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and, uh, we will uh, we will speak again soon, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Word Bros. Thanks for listening, and as always, you can follow us on Twitter at word underscore bros. Yeah, that's us and thewordbros.com. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you later. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.